So do you remember the last teams to win a World Series ring after two back-to-back 100-loss seasons? Which team? Here's a ground ball right side, could do it. The Houston Astros are world champions for the first time in franchise history. That's the 2017 World Series champion, Houston Astros. Here's the 0-1. This is going to be a tough play. And 2016 Chicago Cubs. And what do they both have in common? They were the last place 100 lost teams for several seasons in the early 2010s. And they gathered several top first round picks before settling on a new young core. This is a concept we call tanking. From Daylight Interactive and Media 3 Limited, I'm Kazuki Akiba. And I'm Taro Hori. And this is Sayonara Baseball. This is a podcast where you and I, a powerhouse Japanese duo in media, find unseen baseball gems by analyzing them alongside different trends, news, and motivation behind many moves around the league today. And we try to make something that seems boring about baseball actually really awesome. Today, we discuss the topic of tanking and how that has impacted the game and a growing emphasis on a changing team strategy and philosophy. Warning, we do say some bad words in this episode, so if you're listening with kids, please listen later. Altuve's glove into right field. Here comes Sandoval to the plate and the throw. Not in time. The Giants win it in the 12th. Scooter Jeanette. Shallow left center. And oh, that's going to fall. Jeanette hustling all the way and ends up at second base. When you have a losing ball club with an aging core that's not getting you to the playoff with an exorbitant payroll, there's nothing you can do but to blow it up. And that's what the Astros did in 2011 during their GM, Jeff Lundhau's early tenure. Uh, there's a lot of guys that are still early in their careers, but have been in the big leagues. And then we've got uh, the younger prospects that are coming up that are getting there. I think the upside potential is, is, is within reach. This is what we call the concept of tanking. It's when teams decide that they no longer have a chance to win with their current core. They go on a massive fire sale, usually over the midseason or during the trade deadline, to trade their top talent and star players to other teams for a group of promising young prospects which replenishes their farm system. It's basically to invest in a team's future instead of now. So where did the concept of tanking start? And why are teams suddenly starting to lose on purpose for better draft picks? So Tyra, tell me about this. So why do you think tanking is a thing now in the game today? Well, I think tanking today is definitely a business-driven model, but I'd rather talk about the historical aspect of what I think tanking was, but... Well, could you tell me about where tanking started? Well, I, th- I think if we talk about the history of baseball, I, I look at the real big story, mainly Babe Ruth being sold to the Yankees back in 1919. I think that in itself was, they didn't talk about tanking back then, but as we know it, Boston Red Sox needed to raise some money at that point. And I think usually when you're raising money, that's a sure sign that you're no longer competitive and you're doing the reset button. And I think that in historical perspective, what tanking was back then. And to a certain extent, I think we can apply those, I'd say business model for baseball to today's perspective of tanking and getting rid of players for financial needs. The major challenge with tanking is the fact that you need to have the right group of people. 
from the front office personnel to talented rosters coming from drafts and international free agent signings in order to rebuild into a successful core, or what most teams want, a dynasty. This is where the challenge begins. When Jeff Longhale joined the Astros in 2011, he had a major task ahead of him. To build a championship team from 100 lost dead last team. When you have a creative dilemma, the natural starting point is to bring a group of people together to brainstorm and analyze scanning reports as many teams rely on the tactic of Moneyball. The brainchild of former GM and current president of the Oakland A's, Billy Bean and his major sabermetricians. But when all the teams are applying the same tactics from looking at the stats of based on balls to home runs to generate wins, that's where the major change that Jeff made in what is known as Astro Ball. So Tara, what do you think are the main key components of Astro Ball and how does that differ from Moneyball? So Astro Ball is a little bit of Moneyball. The difference between Astro Ball today and Moneyball back then is that Astro Ball, of course, has taken some of the model of Moneyball, and, but with a different twist. I think they're using much more analytical, data-driven information to put together talent in their baseball minor league player development. That includes drafting college players, high school players, making the international signings of the young Dominican and Venezuelan players, including Cuban players, and really trying to create a system where it could lengthen and prolong string of winning seasons for their baseball team. And as you can see, the Houston Astros in 2017 finally put together a team that was highly competitive and probably competitive for many years to come. And what's interesting about the book from Astro Ball is it's not only about the elements of money ball, like you said, about drafting college uh, players and international signings, but it's also focused really much on emotional IQ, I think, where Chicago Cubs did something similar to it where you bring you have a young core, but in order to have a very good young core, you need a veteran presence, a teacher. And in that case, uh, they brought in Carlos Beltran and Brian McCann, both originally from the Yankees from 2016. And they brought those presents because they are two players who might not be in their prime anymore. They're past their prime, but yet they could provide a lot of knowledge and really help these young core develop into stardom. And I think that's what really Astro Ball really emphasized on emotional IQ, along with all those stats about on base percentage, slugging, and like you said, launch angles too. Right. Um, just want to add a little bit about Astro Ball. And I think the first time I heard about what they use for pitching analytics, I think they talked about tunneling. And tunneling, in a lot of ways, is about pitchers finding a way to throw a pitch which would emulate a single arm angle that would make all their pitches look coming out of the hand very similar, but yet they have this, I guess you would say, a pitch flight that would be much more deceptive for the hitters to understand and, and pick up. And so as you can see, they've really pushed that part of their metric into their teaching of baseball and and it shows across all their baseball players at this point. So why do you think this whole Astro Ball model that pretty much is money ball, but with emotional IQ and a little bit more statistical details, why do you think teams are copying that model now? Well, I think it's just an easier way of emulating a baseball model. And I think, uh, as people would say, baseball is, is a copycat sport. And so when they see one player or one team flourish and succeed with 
the way they set up a team, I think people say, okay, let's make an attempt at creating a similar team. And, you know, as you said before in conversations like the Kansas City Royals, I think we look at their bullpen several years ago, carried them through a World Series uh, championship. Right. And that team from 2014 to 2015, they went the back-to-back World Series and how they constructed were they had they had to start to pitch five innings and the rest of them were all bullpen game. And they had really elite strong arms who threw 97, 98 miles per hour fastballs to eliminate all their opposition. So if they could score early and really run and but let the pitcher pitch decently well, then they're gonna win. And I think a lot of them a lot of the teams did copy the bullpen um, game. Exactly. And and as you can see today, Kansas City now is on its downward side as They've let go or traded many of their top relievers and and, and some of their players. Uh, they weren't committed to giving them money to stay, and 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 now they're in the phase of rebuilding once again. Um, and that's one example. And we can talk about many other teams that are currently in the phase of of playing this so-called astral ball. Uh, I just want to point out one aspect that we didn't talk about in after ball which you pointed out once before is that they don't strike out too much and and they're really good at pinpointing the um of containing uh the batters from not striking out too much as as part of their baseball philosophy yeah i think that's the uh intriguing part about the astro ball is they do pick players based on detailed statistics but like it is pretty much on who has a hard contact rate but who could also have less strikeouts based on who could hit more balls basically out of it exactly and 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 for hitters and 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 digging out value of other players uh, i think the other uh, other aspect of astro ball is and then again we can add on from charlie morton to the recent trade for garrett cole right who, was always underperforming with the Pirates, but he had all the talent in the world. And I mean, he did win Cy Young. Yes. Well, he was a Cy Young candidate for a few years. Yes, but he, but he never made it to the level he was purportedly supposed to, but with the Astros, he's a phenomenal pitcher. And that could be part of the tanking process today is to find and incorporate undervalued players while you're rebuilding. Um, mm-hmm. And... Um, which isn't a bad thing. It's so it's like a mix of finding the top draft pick, obviously, and finding those elements, and also looking into other French players who are not doing well, or like I think in the Astro Ball they picked former number one draft pick who's just not doing well, but on the verge to be successful. That's correct, uh, and I I think when you read a lot about baseball and you when you hear about certain players thriving with certain teams and they don't pan out. Uh, I I think there are good baseball evaluators, some today uh, that are better. Again, you can say the Astros or the Yankees or the Red Sox or Dodgers and- Or Tampa Bay. Or Tampa Bay. Uh, These teams that, that know all the talent that is out there and they had them on the radar, but obviously they can't have everyone, as Cashman would say, Brian Cashman would say. But once they're available, they try to acquire those players and, and turn them into a player with, to their liking, um, which 
it's quite fascinating, I think. I think, and quite challenging, but it is definitely, you know, finding those undervalued players that allow these teams to succeed. Miami Marlins organization has done it again. They have traded yet another big name player as part of their salary dump and rebuilding process. Coming up after the break, Taro and I talk about how tanking is making significant impact in the league today. Welcome back to Sayonara Baseball. I'm Kazuki Akiba. And I'm Taro Hori. And we're now here to discuss whether or not tanking is good for the team and let alone for the league. So which side are you on? Uh, I'm for tanking uh, as we speak. And I'm against. So why are you for tanking? Well, I think in today's baseball and I think the way the revenue sharing uh, was set up, it's just quite obvious that some teams are much more profit oriented and more interested in making money than fielding a competitive team when they're a marginal team. And so I think it's a quick way to reset and regroup and start planning for a team that you can build within three, four, five years. And I think today in baseball, we realize it's that's actually a very short period to turn around a team. Do I think uh, it's fair? Yeah, I think it's fair. I, I think every, every baseball team has a realistic point of view of making it a shot to try to field a World Series playoff team. I, I think it's also quite obvious that they know that they're not going to be, be able to do it every year. But, you know, there's just a few teams uh, that can compete on a year over year basis. And I think we speak earlier, there's probably three, four or five teams that can do that. I mean, I think the problem was tanking, though. It needs to be the right personnel and the right team to do it, which is why I'm, I'm against tanking, because Certain teams like Astros, yes, they were able to re- replicate it. Cubs, yes, they were able to replicate it. But without the right personnel, you may have one good season, but you could fall apart quickly. Look at the Miami Marlins from 2003. Great young core, but next season, they just dropped like a fly. They just couldn't make it. So if you can't have the right personnel within the management team, but also you got to talk about thinking about it from the business perspective. If the team's not willing to invest in anything, this tanking process is not going to work. If the team is not going all in, but half-assing everything, I don't think tanking is going to be successful. And right now, because the league is a copycat league, like you mentioned, because of it, MLB is probably going to change in the collective bargaining agreement to tax tankers because if you're not fielding a right team and trying not to at least try to win, like it's just a huge disservice to the fans. Like, you know, your fans who's been like loyal and supporting you all those years, the business is going to dry up. And next thing you know, you're not going to have a uh, running sustainable model where you're just going to all die and go bankrupt. And that's what Miami Marlins now has going, been going through. They rebuilt the team, but yet they had this core, Giancarlo Stanton, Ozuna, Yelich, Rio Muto, and they had Fernandez, and they had all the way to the winning core. They were rebuilding for six years, and now they have to tank again. Like, So what is the point of tanking if you don't have these right team? Well, I think uh, if we could look back at... The last dynasty, which was the New York Yankees. And since then, we've had no repeat World Series winner. Is that correct? Right. And, and, and so if you allow teams to tank, you have a bigger pool of more competitive teams 
there's a faster development of putting that team together two, three years down the road. Now, granted, if you could put together, let's say, a third of the league or half the league willing to tank at the same time, wouldn't you think in three years' time you would have of a, a seriously competitive season where there was much more parity and interest in that competition? Uh, and I think we're seeing that right now with with some teams like the Tampa Bay Rays and Milwaukee Brewers and even the Seattle Mariners this year has shown an inkling of what tanking has allowed them to do. And, and it makes baseball quite interesting. But yet, Seattle Mariners isn't totally tanking. They did reinvest in certain players and they still have a high payroll in terms of having Encarnacion and Jay Bruce's contract I get that it's a swap between Santana and uh, Cano's contract, but why would you spend money on Kikuchi if you're going to do a total tanking? I think their strategy is retooling. And I think the way to go in baseball is to still like try to win as much as you can, which we understand like you're still going to still invest in the future, not the now. And I think the present, but I think that's the way to do it. But if you just straight up tank like the, let's say the Marlins or Baltimore Orioles is doing, you're just going to lose the fan base and eventually you're not going to have an existing team. Right. I, there is retooling, which is an interesting model. There is absolute tanking, as you say, the Miami Marlins. Do I think Miami has the ability to turn around an operation in a, in a short period of time? Absolutely. I think you look at Houston and Houston is a perfectly good model. And, and at the same time, I think if, if you have five or 10 teams that can tank in the same season, what you're looking at is a very competitive league three, four years down the road. And, uh, and that just allows baseball to be more interesting and, 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 and keep the, uh, league competitive um i don't know see why that would keep the play uh the fan base not so interested well the problem now if you look at the playoff picture let's national league i think is even now if you look at the division because i think a lot of them are trying to win but if you look at the american league it's super top heavy if you really look at the teams maybe four or five teams are competitive and the rest are last place teams technically isn't there like a huge issue in baseball at that point where all these teams are purposely just losing and try not to really win when they kind of could if they try to invest a little bit and retool and be smart about it. Now, the problem is now, like, we know who's going to be winning the division. Is it going to be just Cleveland in the Central, where all the other four teams are just terrible, like the White Sox, who's been rebuilding for, like, what, over five years at this point? Oh, you know, strangely enough, uh, tanking, and, and I, let's talk about numbers here per se, Tanking allows parity at different levels. Um, and let's just eliminate the top teams, but let's think about the bottom two-thirds teams because I think when you take two-thirds of, of the league that knows they're not going to be competitive, why not reset and formulate a plan that may allow them to leapfrog a competitor in their league or in their division. Um, whether it's going to take three or five years for a full reset tank or possibly maybe one year, which is a retool, which 
sometimes may may look like um, a reset or a tank. But look at the Red Sox. They lost. They were at the bottom of the division just several years ago, and they were able to turn around and win a World Series. Right, but it depends. But look at the success rate on who actually tanked and won. And you're talking about maybe 10% success rate on tanking and who's seen a championship, not many teams. Yeah, maybe you can make the playoffs and maybe you might be able to get your business and your team back to be competitive. But does that really translate to championship? Um, again, I think we go back to baseball being copycat. And I think it does take time for teams to to dissect what other teams are doing and and it's just not the players that they need to acquire they also need to acquire the management of of the 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 administrative side of baseball and and obviously the coaching Um, and you can see some teams do have the resources but they haven't quite applied those resources in a way which would allow them to be competitive i think for many years we've thought that st louis i i personally thought st louis had the wherewithal to put together a great team. But I think we realize the Houston Astros have done a better job uh, of, of, of taking a tanking situation or a retooling situation and becoming a championship. Uh, St. Louis, on the other hand, I think they need to up their game a little bit better to be uh, a much you know, more competitive team that they think they could be but they don't quite have the tools yet. And so... But if you look at, let's say, the, all the tanking team, let's say the Chicago Cubs, right, who did win in 2016, they did get into the playoff in 2015, but since their championship team, they've been dro- dropping to a point that they no longer look like a playoff contender. If you look at the core, and it might have been bad investment in certain players, like let's say Jason Hayward, atrocious contract, eight years, $184 million. Like tanking may work if you invest in the right players for the right amount, but but with these teams, once they have the right core, who doesn't, who they don't have to spend that much, they will overspend on certain players like Jason Hayward. And let's say for some cases, the Red Sox, they would, you know, trade the entire farm for Chris Sale, and now. Their dirt lasts, and your window is now shrunk from having from a five-year window where you had a decent farm and a decent team because you're just retooling and just investing in certain parts and keeping it competitive. But yet now you only could compete for maybe two years, and now you're dead last. I, I think Chicago is on the catch-up right now, and I don't want to say catch-up in per se. Uh, they do have the talent I, I and i think timing is really important uh i do believe this year they're on the fringe of tanking and i think they should tank because the game has changed since the time that they won the world series and i think some of the players that they do have no no longer fit that formula so i do believe that yes they should they should tank and 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 think forward and think progressive of where baseball is going as opposed to 
what got them there several years ago. And I think it's just the way I would say where the Yankees are right now are they're contending with a model which they've tweaked from from the past five World Series winners and and really driving analytics. And apparently they are they they have the biggest analytics department in baseball and 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 they did take a a retooling situation but because they can't tank but i take the retooling as a a semi tank and they are on the cusp of of possibly winning several championships because they do have a group of core players that will allow them to but again at the end of the day we don't know baseball it's unpredictable and just as they have started a bad season with all the injuries they could easily decide to tank in midseason if they're they're a 500 team and and i think we're looking at boston as a situation where you know what maybe it's worth getting a group of young core players and develop them now through the minor leagues and shoot for several years down the road i mean what a better model to to take on than than trying to to punish yourself with players that are no longer succeeding. There there is some ways that you could I know it sounds evil, but <laughs> I, I it is a business where if you don't bring value into something, it doesn't work. But however, like with all these copycat and tanking, you're still talking about a smaller window and even then maybe you might be able to contend for maybe two, three years into the World Series championship. But that hasn't been shown at all. That result hasn't been proven. I always use comps for older players and the players that once performed. And I also look at the value of young players today. And if you look at these young players, they develop quite quickly um, from, from, from the time when they are signed as high school or, or college baseball players. And that's because the game uh, in, in the amateur leagues, uh, not the professional leagues, has, has progressed a lot of these young players to be better baseball players entering um, professional baseball. I think there's just a lot more baseball play today for young people. And so what's manifesting today is that all these players, young players, are much more trained they know the game better, and their value obviously is much better. So, teams are willing to let go a ten million or fifty million dollar contract in lieu of some guy they signed for one or two, who could be a comparable uh, statistical player within two three years. Does that make sense? I mean, wouldn't you do that if you could, like you know, invest in someone? Hopefully, they reproduce, but that's still an unpredictable factor because. Baseball, even if it's driven by analytics, it's a very human, you're using human as your value and your product to get it out there. And not every time a person's going to perform to that level sometimes, even if they're projected to. Right. I do believe that in a few years, uh, when the co uh, collective bargaining agreement does come into play, that it will affect uh, the nature of of tanking do i think it will continue uh i do think it will continue because uh, at the end of the day there will just be teams that will outperform because they don't have all their all their 
I guess you would say their baseball strategy aligned, and it's just going to happen. Uh, and 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 they're going to take the penalties, just as the Yankees took penalties for overpaying, and and being above league salary or going over salary budget for the entire team. I think it just they they will test what that penalty is, and so it's a model which I think it will continue as we speak. That's it for this episode of Serenara Baseball. Serenara Baseball is hosted and produced by me, Kazuki Kiba, and Tara Hori. This episode was edited by me, Kazuki Kiba, with additional research and editing by Maria Tierney and Mike Wolfson. Our theme song is by Key Margus. Great laptop makes the episode. Serenara Baseball is a production of Daylight Interactive and Media 3 Limited. Next time on Serenara Baseball, versatility movement towards utility and two-way players around the league. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode, so go on to DaylightInteractive.com to see some exclusive updates and more about our upcoming shows. I'm Kazuki Akiba. And I'm Tara Hori. And this has been Sayonara Baseball.